0: And welcome to the days. this week we're talking about the successors from Age of Alexander. I'm joined today by Tim. Hello. All right. We're pretty hyped about this one. I think it's very. Yes. Actually, we're pretty hyped about all of them. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a good book, man. It's such a good book. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. We're going we're gonna to try and capture some of that energy. Uh, one thing that we were discussing just before this uh, episode was how to organize it. So this is probably one of the the most, um, I guess, complicated, is maybe yeah. the right word, Yeah. Um, factions in terms of both choice of sub-faction and also in terms of choice of what your... Uh, warlord is trying to achieve. So, Tim, do you want to maybe
1: explain this one in a little bit more depth? Yeah. So, I think I think the, it's basically like three layered. There's your uh, there's your standard equipment that everyone can take, and then you decide which empire your uh, which successor empire your warlord um, is from, and then also you decide his ambition. So, there's three empires, and then there's uh, three ambitions. So, if you if you if you want to mix and match, that's like uh, that's like nine different. Kind of variants you can play, which is really cool. So there's definitely there's definitely something in here for everybody. Like there's no doubt about that for sure. So the three ambitions, um, I think, kind of make what you uh, is is what you should choose first. Like you can you can see what these guys can do, and then kind of work out what equipment options you want. And um, that, of course, it also works the other way around. If you end up to, like taking only non phalanx units, which you can, then there's basically only one ambition to take. So yeah. Let's. Uh, do you want to do you want to go through the equipment options? Then I'll give a short overview of what ambition, like what the, what each ambition is very good at. Yeah,
0: let's do that. So I think the first thing to say is that this warband gives you such an incredible range of different models that you can use. Um, since it's insane. Yeah. Since Alexander ended up conquering a pretty large chunk of the world, uh, he it means that the successor kingdoms uh, once he died kind of recruited from. Everywhere, so you can have uh, the the three yeah. subtypes that you can have are uh, split into the uh, the Greece, Asia, and Egypt. So, uh, the, and that's on top of the kind of the the standard equipment options that you can just take, kind of representing the Macedonian kind of core of troops uh, left exactly, behind yeah. by the by the kingdom. So that's probably a good point to start. So we'll start off with the uh, the successor kingdoms. So this is just the. Uh, uh, kind of at the table from which you can take um, or you can uh, choose your equipment regardless of which sub you choose. So your yes. warlord uh, is pretty simple. You can either be on a horse or on foot. No, uh, nothing special there. Your hearth guard are mounted on horses, a maximum of one unit. And your warriors can either have sarissas and then they have phalanx or they can have javelins. And that's it. So that's your kind of your shared starting point. Uh, From that point onwards, you can or you have to choose a sub faction. So you can choose uh, the Greek option, in which case your hearth guards, or you can choose hearth guards with sarissas. Uh, And then there is also maximum one unit. And then they also have phalanx. And then your warriors either have heavy weapons, which is pretty cool. So maximum one unit, Uh, horses with javelins. And then just normal warriors, and then they have the phalanx rule, and then finally levies can only choose javelins. So how do you, how would you mix that with the ambitions themselves if you're taking Greece?
1: Right, I think I think uh, for equipment options, Greece, in my opinion, is by far the best. Um, Looking at five different options for warriors, you can, if you play it right, you can bring like. Few points of warriors, and then de- de- like just decide when the game starts. You see your opponent. Just decide if you want to put down the heavy weapon guy. Heavy weapon guys like that would be like the, your Thracian Thracian looking warriors because they were recruited by, by Greece, or like your horse javelins. To uh, it, it's really easy to use that to uh, um, yeah, really tailor your playstyle to your opponent for that one game. And then, yeah, like the five different warrior options are, are really good. And then I also really love the Hearthguard with, with Sarissa's um, because of uh, because of the Legatum Ambition, which we could we'll talk about here in a second. They're just for like a common, they get like five extra attack dice um, on shooting, which is super good and easier to do on uh, on the Hearthguard. And then the Levies, uh, I think Levy Javelin, we've talked about it before with the new FAQ. They're very potent very easy. They, they pump, up, pump out lots of shots, so I, um, I really like these equipment options. They're great. Okay, and then the next one when
0: we're getting into slightly fancier equipment yeah. options <laughs> uh, is Asia. So these are the kind of uh, like the Seleucid Empire, the Pontus, Pergamon, yeah. Bactria, which I think is like a fascinating uh, fascinating kind of outpost of Greek civilization uh, in the ancient world. So you can have your hearth guard and they can have horses uh, with cataphract uh also maximum one unit. So that's the ones uh the horses that uh have armor five against shooting and a melee. However, they move a little bit uh, more slowly, but they still charge L. And then you can also have hearth guards with no equipment equipment options, and they have phalanx. Uh you can choose an elephant. Uh they have a Fancy. yeah, they have they also have elephantine armor, uh, which increases their uh armor against shoot, uh against shooting to five. Uh, here, again, you can have maximum one unit, and then you can also choose sized chariots. There, maximum two units, and levies just have bows. So that's pretty cool. You can definitely break out the, the elephants and your chariots. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which ambition do you think uh, meshes best here with the uh, Asians?
1: I, I think uh, that would probably be um, DVT or Legatum, um, because DBT, um helps helps activate many units and so the, that, that with the levy bows I think they need a little bit more work so I'm not sure I would if you would if you take them then the DVT can help you and yeah the DVT can also really help to keep the elephant fresh which is super good and also this the chariot kind of I mean not really he doesn't have resilience so it's just the elephant to be honest but okay. yeah the after uh, practice take... definitely give you
0: a pretty sweet looking unit so yeah (laughs) i I don't know i kind
1: of i just i just don't like cataphracts man i know i know but they look cool they do and of course very big here they have hearthguard with no equipment and phalanx and they are so fast with this board like they can it's insane like yeah also,
0: yeah, also like the uh, there's quite a few elephant models with like, uh, you know, like the, the lamellar armor and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that was just look,
0: they just look like absolute beasts. So, yeah, yeah, like I think the kind of the rule of cool wise, like this is probably one of the, the best warbands in terms of just having really cool looking stuff on the board.
1: Yeah, and it's so easy to put like for the levies, you just basically use like your uh, victory, like models and slingers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the, for the, for these levies, you would use your 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 Persian models, right? Because they are recruited from the oh, yeah, Persian yeah. empires. And then for the warriors with javelins, you can use you also can also use the the uh, like the Persian Persian models if you wanted to. It's kind of like Carthage in Hannibal. Like you can you can buy like fourteen different Victrix packs, and it's still one army, which I think is always super cool. Like for you buy the Numidians and then you play them in Carthage, and it's perfect. I think that's cool. Yeah.
0: All right. And then the final option is Egypt. So this yeah. is your uh, kind of like your your if you going towards the Cleopatra side of things. Um, <laughs> so here you can choose. There's no there's no uh, uh, Hearthguard uh, option here, but you can choose yeah. an elephant. Uh, here they don't have the elephantine armor, um, and then you can have uh, warriors mounted on horses with javelins, and that's your only option. And then uh, for levies, you can either have sarissas. Maximum two units, which is interesting. Here they don't have phalanx though. Um, I guess they are not quite trained enough to uh, to fight properly. Yes. Uh, and then they also have levies with bows. Then no uh, no special equipment options are. So this one's like a little bit strange. Um, how do you think uh, this one will work out in practice?
1: Yeah, I think this only works with DVT with the good multi activation uh, for the levies because you can never move them around without it. I think and the. Yeah, the, the levy Sarissas, like they not them not having Phalanx makes this uh, a little bit harder to play, and so I think this might be the least interesting option, un- unless you can make these levy Sarissas really put in the work and like, I I mean I haven't seen that yet. Usually, melee Levy are super good, and then having these melee Levy with that kind of have some buffs with them as well might be amazing. And I just haven't seen it yet. But um, I think they're definitely the one where you have to think about it the most, uh, which which isn't necessarily like a bad thing.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, So that's uh, quite a quite a few little uh, options. Do you want to maybe give a brief background of how this whole ambition thing works?
1: Yeah, yes. So there's three ambitions. It's Divite, Legatum and Hubris. And each Ambition, there's 10 Battleboard abilities on here. Each Ambition buffs three of these Battleboard abilities. Divitae's buff okay. and ends up the the, uh, the abilities that it, it's, it buffs kind of help to keep your Warband alive, I think is what the theme is. It just kind of it's just like a <laughs> like a quality of life improvement to your Battleboard. It's kind of like more defense dice. One more unit on the multi activation, so three instead of two, and like one more fatigue to be removed at the end of your turn per unit, like around your wall or then. So it's two instead of one. So this helps with resilience units. So your elephants love this. The elephants also love the defense dice, and then the elephants also love the multi activation. So I think if you're not going phalanx heavy, then the or yeah, then the this is uh, this is the way to go. Then. Legatum maybe is, the, is a little bit more phalanx-oriented and a little bit more... Uh, it, it's, it's high damage, I think, uh, because it gives you lots of extra dice when, when shooting with a phalanx unit, so when they poke their services. Then it has the conquerors, the conqueror's buff, which basically makes sure that only in some rare cases all your attack dice hit, <laughs> which is insane. And then for the heavies, it really helps to uh, keep your phalanx alive. And then Hubris, I think, is a very interesting one that's harder to play because it just, with the ambition, it just gives the buff, gives you just many more attack dice. And some of them are bonus attack dice, which is big because this can really help. So you charge a unit in, a a small unit in, maybe a a four stack of your uh, Phalanx guys, and then they end up throwing like 11 dice for just for uh, for your uh, because hubris is just a just buffs it like that and then with a plus one as well so um hubris i think if you can make it if you can like figure it out it's it can be really devastating on the opponent because you basically never offer any big any big points of yours but you always throw lots of dice with a good bonus so if you can make that that's insane but i think it's it's definitely the hardest to make like to play right
0: all right. I think that makes sense. Also, yeah. one thing to note is that the unlike with Carthage where you have like the split between uh citizen and uh contingent warriors here like it doesn't matter. Like you just say yeah. playing Asians and then you don't have like a further split luckily <laughs> in terms of like which counts uh, like which um abilities count for being like part of your uh contingent or citizen or whatever. So, just uh yeah, think... just to clear this yeah. one up a little bit. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Yep. All right. So, after having said all that, I think we can uh, move on to the board itself.
1: Yeah, and it's a good one. Do you wanna Do to start us off with the top row? Yes, I would love to. Um. So the top row,
0: the only difference here from uh, kind of like your basic uh, basic top row, is the activation pool, which has been replaced by something called Alexander's hairs. 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 Ayers, hairs. Yeah. <laughs> Not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so he this again is also a, an order's um, ability, however instead of just uh, being able to be, or you use a common or an uncommon and you choose one of your inactive saga dice and chase its face to a rare. So this is kind of like a maybe like an inverse of the activation Absolutely, yeah it is. <laughs> but it yeah. does uh but it it does kind of a, like this board probably has a buff using the rare or almost every single ability or like a, a like a massive amount of the abilities
1: so it is pretty important to get those rares to really boost your uh your abilities to the next level yeah i mean every 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 as you said every uh ability on here can take a rare or takes a rare so pretty good <laughs> and i think it's uh the the activations are perfectly named levies being local troops, warriors being a line, and Hearthcote being elite. I think that really that makes perfect sense. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so that's right. top row done. Let's go on yeah. to the advanced abilities. And so, here for the advanced abilities, uh, we're just going to talk about the basic, basic version of it and then what the, what the, the buff through the ambition uh, to it is as well. So, heavy armor. It's a melee or shooting reaction. It can take any die facing. Gain two defense dice, or four if you use a rare. And then if you have DVT, you gain two additional defense dice. And of course, four defense dice for a common with DVT is great value, but two defense dice just without it for a, com- for a common in shooting or melee is also great value. So I think it's just a good ability. It's a staple of... Uh, keeping your warbands together and alive, and keeping the phalanx warriors above four, so you don't lose out on the phalanx rules, so you can't activate them again uh, through through the other stuff. So I think it's uh, it really helps.
0: Yep, definitely, and uh, definitely using the theme of DVT keeping your warband alive. This one's a yeah. strong strong one coming out the gates. All right, so the next one is called Hegemony. This is using a common or a rare. This is activation, so activate up to two units. At least one of them must be a phalanx. The first of these activations doesn't generate fatigue if you use a rare. And then if you have the divité, uh, ambition, you activate an additional unit. So I think our our views on multiple activations is well known. Uh, <laughs> so if you are choosing, like, I mean, activating three units uh, with a common, if you're Going down the D V T route is pretty insane. Um, yeah, okay. I, I don't think you're going to have a problem activating like a phalanx unit because most of them you are kind of still leaning heavily on this. Uh, one problem here is that the the levies from Egypt don't have phalanx. Just to keep that one in mind. Exactly. Blank. So that makes so it a little you, bit uh, difficult in terms of taking
1: a, a large block of levies and hoping to do something with them. So yeah, it's kind of thematic though, right? If you play Hegemony, you have to have like a warrior Sarissa squad uh, for your um, for your Egypt successor, and then be have them be uh, surrounded or just flanked on each each side with a levy Sarissa squad. So like your uh, your warriors are kind of leading the charge because they have phalanx and they have to be activated activated with this. So yeah, yeah,
0: but. All in all this pretty amazing unit and i think you were talking about how quick this warband was despite yeah. uh, being able to be all all on foot so yeah this definitely uh, this definitely makes it uh, pretty insane
1: it's a great place for a rare to be honest like putting a rare on here um uh yes he having no fatigue on on the on the on the second move or in a charge this is any activation it's it's really good yeah
0: all right so i think this is a is it maybe something you would play every single turn?
1: Every single turn, yeah. yeah. I don't see why not, to be honest, if you're... Um, okay. With, yeah, yeah, with either die-facing, it's good. All right, great. Next up, we have Pantodapoy. It's an order's ability that takes either an uncommon or a rare. At the end of the turn, remove a fatigue from every other unit within very short of your warlord, or from short if you use a rare. And divite. Remove up to two fatigues from these units. So, the I think this is a very good place for an uncommon. Um, just cleaning up a whole bunch of fatigue at the end of your turn can be really powerful into some warbands that you, like rely on you having fatigue. And this is just—it's an uncommon, and as soon as, as as long as you like remove more than one fatigue, even I think this is this is worth it. One thing to note: this doesn't work on the Wallard himself, so it's every other unit, and the the rare on here to get it within to be within short i think is very rarely use like useful so yeah yeah i think also
0: if you look at the troop selections uh here taking elephants becomes less of a liability insane yeah um especially so if you take the DVT, because then you're like okay my uh, my elephant is fresh again and on top of that you can even uh you can even rest because this is in the orders phase and this doesn't count as a rest. So uh, if you really want to go from three fatigues to zero fatigues for an elephant, this is uh, one way of doing it and incredibly yep. frustrating for your opponent. Um, and also I think looking maybe a little bit further and jumping forward on the board, there's also some abilities that give you resilience. Exactly. So yeah. linking this with, uh, with the resilience uh, just makes, makes people survive for a very long time. So yeah, uh, it's, it's
1: very easy to 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 charge your hearthguard in or your phalanx in and give them resilience and they end up with with uh, like two fatigues and then the same goes for your elephant and then at the end of your turn this uh this get this like this effect pops up and just removes the fatigues again it's really good yeah especially because you do have to play this in the
0: order phase but you the effect happens at the end of the turn so yeah I don't think we actually see a lot of those types of um... Abilities actually, that,
1: that where you play something in the orders phase and it doesn't happen immediately. And it's so much better than having like happening immediately because, right, yep. you have a full turn of doing stuff and moving stuff around. And um, I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. So you can line it
0: up in your orders phase. You know, okay, you see what you rolled. You're like, you're making low plan. You know, you're going to get some uh, some damage or you know, you're going to charge in your elephant or charge in your, uh, your hearth guard with resilience and then you can already put a dice down on this and play it. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. I think this, uh, this, like, this makes me a little bit scared.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, DVT is done now. So do you want to go into a Legatum? Yep, so this is my favorite
0: named ability of the board <laughs> called <laughs> Longer Sarissas. Um Here you can use <laughs> any of the, the dice facings and this is a shooting abilities uh, only for Phalanx units, however. Gain three attack dice. If you use a rare, reroll all ones and twos scored on your attack dice. And if you choose the Legatum ambition, you gain two additional attack dice. So here, I think um, becomes maybe a little bit more complicated if you take large uh, units of warriors to get that many warriors kind of within range. Uh, I think it's easier to play with with Hearthguard because you get the one shot per. Per model, Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and then uh, you're not you're not capped as much as like by doubling the amount of uh, attack dice uh, which you can roll. So yeah, I think this one's pretty solid. Um, I'm not sure the rare is super super worth it compared to. I mean, putting yeah, just, it elsewhere, just, but
1: yeah, that's yeah, that, that's 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 a you're right. But also, um, if you think about it, like uh, the rare. On average, if you roll like 11 dice, which I think is definitely very, very like, common, it's it's going to be a great value to roll like four of those on average. And then if you fuck up more, then cool, even more rerolls. And if you fuck up less, cool, I did it right. So I think the rare is not too bad on here. It's uh, the uncommon, no, like the, the common uncommon no-brainer, but the rare, not, not too bad either.
0: Yeah, all right.
1: I think this one's pretty
0: solid. Also, you're shooting... No damage coming back, so I think that's uh, that's that. that's pretty good, and especially with the the upgraded Sar- uh, Sarissa rules in um what's it called in the I in Age of Alexander, Alexander definitely makes this one uh, even
1: tastier. Yes. All right. Next up, we have the Conquerors. It's a melee ability that takes a rare. You can reroll any any of your attack dice which don't score hits. And then, if you have legatum, after this reroll, you may change the result of three of these dice to six. So yeah, I mean, re-rolling oil attacks already really good. Of course, I think that's can be worth it in many cases, especially into higher armors, so into armor five. This is probably the sweet spot to play this, and then uh, having the rerolls then make make it really good. And then uh, just sw- sw- switching switching three through six is so super good that also. It's also really annoying to play against because, <laughs> I mean, your um, if it's just your and you, you know you're going to be hitting on sixes because they can take your fatigue to uh, to put you up to a six. But then, as long as you have this as Legatum you're always going to push through at least three three hits, and that can that can make a big difference sometimes on whether you kill the warlord or not. So it just makes it very reliable your uh, your attacks in which these this is played. So. It's definitely a very good ability. It's it's a, it's a rare and if you go into melee, I think you should have this set up. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the next one is called the heavies. So this is using
0: a uncommon or a rare, a melee ability. So this is for phalanx or mounted hearthguard units. Uh, after the melee, remove a fatigue from your unit. If you use a rare, your unit gains resilience one. If you're choosing the Legatum Ambition, your unit cancels the first casualty suffered after rolling its defense dice. Uh, so I really, I think this one's really good. Uh, we talked about it uh, briefly regarding the, giving your Hearthguard resilience in combination with the uh, Pantodapoi ability. Yes. So that makes the unit of Hearthguard not be such a liability in the end. Um, because you're just uh yeah, you're gonna survive a lot and then you can wipe your fatigue from the unit quite easily, uh, which makes them pretty pretty damn solid and survivable. I think even the legatum ability where you can cancel the first uh first casualty, like that gives them insane amount of uh kind of staying power in the end. So yeah, I think yeah, I think
1: if Yeah. If if you take Legatum, the, the uncommon is usually enough. To be honest, to keep your to keep your heart guard kind of okay, and then if you end up losing one guy, sure, okay. And if you don't have Legatum, the rare is super good on here, uh, especially if you have Devite to refresh them after. It's great.
0: Yeah. All right. And here it's also you're removing additional fatigue as well. So it's like even if you're not playing the Pantodopai, you're still uh, yeah, it's still pretty pretty solid uh,
1: uh, ability. Would you, if, you, if you do yeah if you do play Panthor with this your unit will even though they were resi- have resilience and were exhausted they have no fatigue after this with TVT, which is super super good yeah definitely
0: so I probably wouldn't charge in Hearthguard without putting a rare on this
1: yeah <laughs>
0: like like why why would you I would uh, I would wait the extra turn or use the Alexander's hairs hairs <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> to, just, just
0: use his hairs man yeah, just use his hairs. Come on just do it yeah. uh, and uh, just to to ensure that i would get uh, get that because otherwise you're you're just losing hearth card for no reason but uh yeah so yeah. so far this board is uh
1: we haven't really seen any duds i would say so, yeah coming in coming in <laughs> strong all right yeah next up we have strategos it's an order's reaction that takes air rare only roll two of your available saga dice and then add them to your inactive side dice, and what they mean by that is add, the, add them to your <laughs> Um Yeah. So it, I think I've, I've I haven't played this a, a whole a whole lot, but I think it's 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 a good ability, and it can help you if you if you know you don't have to do a ton uh, this turn because every ability on here is good. So if you know you don't have to do a ton this turn, then just put the rare on here, and I don't know, use it use it use it later but i don't know i think i think all the other abilities are so good that this is really you really have to be strategic with this when to play it when not to play it because the other abilities um can just really be super powerful so if you have that rare uh, it could also have like kill like four more warriors this turn so why why would i put it on here i think it's good and me personally i'm not strategic i go in i haven't used it that much <laughs>
0: All right. I think it's also a nice little replacement for you don't know, have the activation pool as well. So that's it's right. it's kind of like a, I mean, not quite, but kind of activation pool in your, yes. in your order's reaction. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so the next one is shatter their ranks. This is the first and only two dice ability requiring a rare and an uncommon. So, this is a melee ability. So, gain two attack dice. Your attack dice get plus one bonus. And this is also the first hubris, uh, ambition um, buffed ability. So, if you take a warlord with hubris, you gain three additional attack dice. So, plus one bonus to your attack dice. Pretty damn solid, especially if you're charging him with something like Hearthguard or. I guess anyone really, uh, that makes it pretty, pretty tasty. Uh, it is two dice, so uh, I guess the uh, kind of like you have to weigh up all the other really good abilities that we've dealt with so far with uh, putting down two dice here. but yes. uh, the, the effect in itself is is not bad at all.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. Put it, if, if you if you have hubris, then this is good. And if you don't, you really have to think about whether you want to spend two dice on this, with all the other abilities being super good. So,
0: yeah. So it's more yeah, of just with... like how good the rest of the abilities are, rather than this ability not being
1: great. Like, well, wanna... because like five five additional dice and like a plus one on the unit that already throws like twelve dice. That's like seventeen attacks with a plus one. No one, like, no unit's gonna like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's
0: gonna be a bad time for whoever uh, comes across that. So yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah so for for a devastating charge like if you're just maybe going to charge once uh one one time like yeah this is going to crush whatever you touch
1: and i think yeah so i think if you have hubris then shatter the ranks is the go-to malleability and you have legatum then the conquerors is the go-to malleability kind of both takes a rare and um hubris is better at taking out levies with legatum being better at taking out high armor like warlords or um or or hearthguard next up we have provocation it's an order's reaction that can take any die facing choose one of your phalanx units if at the end of the turn this unit has not fought in melee all enemy units within medium of it suffer a fatigue if you use a rare immediately remove a fatigue from this unit and then the hubris buff in addition immediately inflict a fatigue on one enemy unit within large of your unit so i think this goes perfectly with the whole idea of hubris shooting in semi small like six warriors maybe uh six warrior blocks into uh, the enemy army like turn for turn and just uh, provoking them because i think even small warrior units can be surprisingly very very tough because they have phalanx and so this is a the playstyle unlocked by this um, and just putting a fatigue and kind of like forcing your opponent to charge you is, I think, can be good. I have used this before and this also works on all of your mercenaries with phalanx. So um, yeah, there are the Greek mercenaries in the book, which uh, which are insanely like defensive. So if you don't want to get the fatigue, then this will yeah you have to charge them or just run away so i don't mind either to be honest so it, it, it you can definitely use this well
0: yeah this is a pretty interesting ability as well like i don't think we've seen anything like this on any other other board so far um so it's kind of interesting to see how they how studio tomahawk can still come up with
1: where are these new abilities <laughs> coming <laughs> from like what i
0: know <laughs> what? i mean anyway it's maybe a discussion for another time. But all right, <laughs> so the next one and the last one is Pride of the Diadokai. So this is using a common or a rare. So this activation, so activate a phalanx for a charge with the movement bonus of very short or the movement bonus of short if you use a rare. And if you use the Hubris Warlord, gain two bonus attack dice for the ensuing melee. Uh, So yeah, this is uh, definitely in line with the hubris. Uh, Wanted to get in and and beat people uh, over the head. Uh, The movement bonus is amazing for Phalanx and also Sarissa units, because you're just generally relatively slow. So for a common, this is uh, pretty much a a, a no-brainer, I would say. Um, Definitely definitely gives you a lot of flexibility and lets you
1: reach out uh, to charge in uh, a lot better. Yeah, the, uh, the thing to keep in mind, um, I think you always have to decide whether you want to use this or play Hegemony with a rare to get, in, to get into the charge without a fatigue. Um, like to get into the, uh, the melee without a fatigue. So that's, that can be tough. But the, because your, 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 your Sarissas, they charge medium anyway, and then giving them the very short as well So they charge eight inches or the short, which I don't think is that worth it, but can be definitely if it, if it spares you a whole other activation, just to be able to go two more inches, uh, two more inches can be a lot. (laughs) So yeah, I think part of the Deadoche is, uh, is, is super good with hubris and good with everybody else.
0: Also very flexible and keeps people on their toes, um. Yeah, like haha, I'm, eye I'm, eye I'm I'm I'm, so, I'm I'm out of medium. It's like, well, I don't care. I'll still get you. So, um, like that that definitely uh makes people uh, think about their their unit placement as well, and doesn't make it uh, like a no brainer. And also, like, there's a really good opportunity to just take a full uh foot warband anyway with this uh, warband. So there, you're not. I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would, even yeah. with this, it, it kind of takes away some of the. Some of the the playstyle that that you might get if you're playing against uh, cav units that just park their units uh, slightly outside of M. Um, yeah, so that's the board. I think so far not a single dud. Lots, yeah, lots I, of options. I would agree. Really wobbling yeah. options. Like what's what's not to like? And on top of that, if you're if you're doing Macedonians, like you can just slot in some extra little units from. Uh, one or two units like an elephant or something and you're pretty much good to go. If you're playing Persians, you just paint up some Macedonian looking hearthguard or something and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like what's um like it's pretty pretty flexible. It's I think within reach of like a lot of people like it's very well supported in terms of modeling choices from uh from Vitrix or uh, other um, other manufacturers. And you can pretty much go wild on the modeling options. And so yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, all around, I would say this is probably one of the, the best, most flexible warbands out there.
1: I, I would wholeheartedly agree. Um, the, the only downside is being it's too many options to know how, how everything works or plays. So damn, yeah. that's, a, that's a tough one to have. Just, just a quick side note. I've had someone come up to me while I played the Asian Successors, and they were like, "Dude, what the fuck? They're the Persian models. Why are you using them for the Successors?" I'm like, "What? You're playing Carthage, and you have Numidians on your board? Just to get it. it's how this works. We uh, we we buy local troops. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think being able to um, to buy buy in these 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 units from the other from other lines makes it so cool. All right, I think it's probably really helpful for people. Especially newer people looking at
0: this board, like what? Where do you think people should chart should start in tr- in terms of just choosing a war band for like a good all round all round choice? If you're
1: starting with the the Greeks, I think I think it's it's very very potent to just bring uh, to just I don't know build a a good. I think the Greeks or Asians are perfect perfect start for this um and just greek because the warrior options warriors are so forgiving like warriors don't they nothing happens to them if if one or more one or two more die uh, sure no no problem really and then so i think the warrior being able to go uh the greeks being able to go warrior heavy i think is a great starting point and also asia for just p- painting up an elephant and being done with one point great starting point so if you want to if you want to start these I think it's perfect to just start with two points of Sarissa's uh, for your warriors. Be ready with that. And then your wallet have him. I think it's good to have him either on foot or on horse. That, so you can decide. And then, yeah, depending if, whether you go Asia or or Greece, uh, pick up an elephant, maybe pick up six, six or eight Hearthguard, maybe yeah, probably six um, for failings for the Asians or so no Sarissa's or for failings for the, Greeks with services, and then fill out the rest with uh, with the local troops. So with javelin levies or maybe bow levies. I think that's perfectly. It's a perfectly fine starting point. If you realize that the bow levies don't end up working for you, just I think it's 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 great to just take more warriors. Yeah. So I don't think the there's a lot of uh, support
0: for bow levies on here, but they're I mean they're pretty solid by themselves anyway. Like you want to stay away from them. They can be annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah, go- I'm gonna the ball, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna push you a little bit, Tim, and and just give me one list. If you if you had to take a list to yes with no equipment options, because like there's people out there who don't quite have your your painting output, uh, and it takes them a few months to to put a warband on on the table. Yes, like, what what yeah. would you suggest that you're not gonna regret?
1: Yeah, so I think that would be your Greeks. Um, just pay, get get six services, so six hardcore with services. Um, they're great. And then, like, just fill out the rest with your with your warriors and levies. And so that would be probably four points of warriors with and then have one unit of those with with levy, heavy weapons, so maybe ten or twelve, whatever you like, and then have a point of javelins with your levies and then the rest of the warriors. I think are really amazing as the Phalanx no equipment option um warriors because they benefit from basically everything on here. Big blocks of them will hurt. And so six hearthguard with Sarissa's, twelve warriors with heavy weapons, twelve levies with their with their javelins, and then you have two points of warriors with your phalanx remaining, and do them maybe eight and eight or twelve and four or ten and six. I think everything works here, so that's the list. I think is a great, great starting point. Yeah, and then I guess uh if you were going the Asians, maybe
0: just switch out the heavy weapons with uh with the elephant. Then I think, uh, yeah, I think that works as well.
1: So, um, pretty. And your warriors can't have felling, so and your horse card can't have sarissas. So yeah, kind of have to change around a lot. I just make weapon. like a. a
0: like a, a spear that can kind of like it's like midway between, like, no, <laughs> like, don't like a, a long spear or a no, short Sarissa. No.
1: This, this, <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm like the I'm like very shit at modeling stuff, but that's that's a no no. I think that <laughs> they look so different. And if you, it, the only one thing you can do, just build a few models with Sarissas and then just say whatever they are, just say they're Hearthguard or uh or warriors they kind of look the same so that's i think that's a great way just get some sarissas done and some like hippaspis looking dudes so no sarissas, just the normal phalanx spears and then you're you're very you're good either way
0: yeah i'm still on on i'm still gonna make mine with like ambiguous sarissas so <laughs>
1: i i i will i will ban you you're just, from. you're uh... just gonna snap them <laughs> like... take the clippers and be like no this is too long (laughs) wait you're playing this as a pass piece no they're coming off all right
0: (laughs) all right i think that's very helpful for newer players as well because i can imagine if you're if you're attracted to this board like it's super cool the board is solid um the modeling options are solid but you just have so many choices to make so i think if we can narrow it down um, a little bit to get people start to start playing, and then once they find their playstyle, they can kind of like slowly add one or two points to, uh, yes. to optimize uh, how they how they want to play it. And I think also a great thing is there's no real obvious like oh you have to take this unit. Um, you can no. pretty much be super flexible. Take take a take a warband how you want to play it in your playstyle, and then you'll find a way of kind of like. Using either an ambition or uh, using a sub faction to find your kind of like your optimal playstyle. Absolutely, yes. All right. I think um, it would be worth talking about modeling options. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there we could probably yeah. make an, a whole hour. Uh, yes. So like, I think we'll probably just split it in terms of. Um, first of all just talking about the plastic options I think yeah, yeah, just to narrow it down a little bit and there yeah. like Victrix I think has you covered in every single way, yeah, shape absolutely. or form that yes. you want to do this uh, maybe not on the Egyptian side however I think there it's probably you, if you want to do a fully Egyptian style army you're going to have to dip into uh, metal model ranges um, I haven't really seen any that i am super super excited by so I'm I'm not gonna really suggest there uh, what what's out there but in terms of just Victrix, like you can get your Macedonian uh, or your successor phalangites. Um maybe a shout out to the to our YouTube channel, Tim, you made a really nice video in terms of uh reviewing the Victrix successor phalangite kit. Yep yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, also yeah. the Hypaspis kit. Uh, so, uh, if people are interested in having a look at those models, that's on the YouTube channel. So just look for the activation phase, uh, on there, um, and then they obviously have elephants. They don't have scythe chariots. If you want to go that option, I'm not sure you would really want to, except for just kind of rule of cool. Um, but yeah, that's so right. I think you're, you're maybe missing that one. Um, but I think all the other options, you can mix in your, your Persians. There's so many. I think you, there you have cavalry. You have uh, infantry that you can uh, mix and match. You don't have cataphract, though. So I think there you might have to dip into a gripping beast for the plastic cataphract horses, because um, they have a kit there. But then, yep. yeah. so I think there you might have to kind of like figure it out a little bit, but I think for the rest, you're good. Um, If you want to go the War Games Atlantic route, I think there you might be limited to just the Persian or the Asian type uh, range. And then you're not going to have a lot of Greek style or Macedonian style units to use. So I think Victrix is probably your best, best bet for everything.
1: Yeah, the 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 cheapest the cheapest way to get into Asia I think is actually the uh the War Games Atlantic Persians because they are like they are perfect and they perfectly pair with all the uh, the Victrix Greek kits and then for the uh for the warriors with heavy weapons from Greece that's maybe you have to kind of build some Thracians if you wanted to make them look look like right um, because uh, that's yeah that's that that's what these guys are and um, yeah, I guess where you can use the like the Dacian
0: kit, and then only use then you'd have to use the arms from uh like the 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 Rompia arms from that kit. Yeah. And then if you want to be correct, like they're not going to be wearing trousers mostly, so you're gonna to have to put them onto the the bodies with tunics. But I think there, like a little bit of gluing, a little bit of cutting,
1: should get you uh, pretty far. And also, like little projects like these, where you know it's only going to be like maximum twelve models of this, I think can be super fun. So they're great, like, like a brush of fresh air, a a breath of fresh air. All right. And then for the Egyptians, there are some War Games Atlantic three uh, D models for them. So uh, just uh, like printable, and they are very very good to just. Uh, get their heads out of these 3D prints and put them onto your uh, successor failing guides if you wanted to. That can look good and would not be too wrong. Um, so that that could be possible because I think you're going to have a, have, have, have like trouble finding a, a good um, Egyptian-style looking Sarissa unit other than in metal. So if you want to go plastic with some bits being out of resin, I think that's perfect to to kind of dodge the uh, the metals, which I am always trying to. Alright, let's talk about ruses. I'll just just uh, I'll just I'll just start us off. There's the Kriko ba- Bactriens. It's a recruitment ruse for one coin. It's for o- Asian kingdoms only. Your warband can only include a maximum of one unit of hearth guards and a single elephant without the elephantine armor. Your warband may not include any scythe chariot, which is not that good anyway. On the other hand, in addition to their usual equipment options, your warriors can be mounted on horses or mounted on horses and equipped with composite bows. I think this is an amazing option, especially with DVT, to have like the cheap multi-activation um, activate two of these units, and I, I think that's one of the coolest uh, one of the coolest ruses I've seen yet. It could just have been a <laughs> just a, just another. Um, Take list for the equipment options in the first place but i guess they ended up making it a ruse so yeah really like this one i think that can be super fun i have definitely built a warband using this because i was inspired by my friend mark and he uh, yeah that's i think i think it's a great ruse i think the horses with with uh with composite bows are missing in the in the kind of like in this uh in the ancients so i think that's great to have them here
0: Yep, definitely. All right. So the next one is imitation legionaries, also a recruitment one for one coin. So your warriors and hearth guards can be deployed with a phalanx special rule, and no equipment options. When making a maneuver move, these units get a movement bonus of short.
1: I guess it's okay for the Egyptians, right? Because they don't really have access to this, uh, to this kind of stuff. So. Um... Paying a coin for having great... The maneuver doesn't really matter, but having a point for a Hearthguard and Warriors with no equipment options is good. All right, next up, we have a Preparation Ruse. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure how to say that. C- C- Claruchis? Yeah. Use discard at the start of your first turn. During this turn, all your units with Sarissa's or without equipment options gain the Determination Special Rule, but can't be activated via the abilities on your board. Uh yes, I guess. Okay, no, to be honest. That, this I sounds pretty Hegan bad. One, I think everybody does it better <laughs> for like not paying two coins. So I, I don't think this is good. <laughs>
0: Alright, so the yeah. next one is veterans, so this is called Royal Guard. Uh, phalanx or Mounted Hearthguard only. So while your unit is within short of your warlord, it gains determination special rule. Once per turn, if your unit within short of your warlord and is not exhausted, it can take a fatigue to cancel a loss suffered by your warlord. Note that this rule is in addition to any use of the bodyguards rule, and this is using three coins So it makes your warlord pretty tough, I guess. if you want to uh, charge in and uh, use him um, it yeah. makes your hearth guard. Like I guess you don't have to use a dice for uh, activating them as much, but that's keep them up, right? Yeah, but that's not really like an issue too much with this board, I would say. So, so I'm not agree. sure how yeah. much like what you would gain, except for maybe a slightly more beatstick
1: warlord if you want to do that. Yep, yeah. Next up, we have timely truce. It's a stratagem ruse for three coins. Use this card when one of your units is chosen as the target of a charge or a shooting at- attack activation. Cancel this activation. I think this is everything Ruses shouldn't be. I think it's kind of powerful. It can, like, in a situation where you really don't want that to happen, and your opponent usually doesn't know about this, that you have this set up. I think I hate this ability because I think it's good, and uh, I I wouldn't play it. I think, yeah, I think... I think, yeah, this is all all that ruses are that shouldn't be in Saga. <laughs> Maybe slightly spicy hot take here, but I've talked about that before. Um, so, yeah, it's, it doesn't make the game more fun to do something your opponent doesn't know you can do. So I think good ability, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like Pagan Rust, but secret.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. So, yes.
0: Not, not fun, not fun. All right, so the last one is also a stratagem. So this one is Indian Elephants. So for the Asian kingdom only. So play this card during a melee involving a friendly elephant instead of triggering a saga ability. If the enemy unit has the mount horse rule or is an elephant, inflict a fatigue on it. This is for 2 coins. Um yeah, so this is pretty nasty if you're uh, if you're going down the uh the elephant route. Um and it can uh, definitely favor things and boost an elephant on elephant uh, type uh, yes. <laughs> melee. If you want to go down that route, uh, kind of like, actually, that's visually pretty cool. To be honest,
1: yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's yeah. If if you're fighting horses, like your opponent has fucked up anyway, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be game over be for up. the horses. But like yeah. an elephant on elephant, like first of all, it looks really cool, and you
0: should be doing that anyway. Um, so. yeah, there's that then inflicting fatigue is yeah. good, of course, yeah, but for two coins, yeah, sure. Uh, I guess we've there's probably... there's better ones, but yeah. then don't play timely truce don't do that one. So
1: yeah: All <laughs> <laughs> right, that does this uh, sum up the episode then? I believe it does. It's cool. been a long one.
0: It's been uh, a roller coaster ride. Uh, lots yeah. of good stuff lots of hobby hobby juices flowing um and then it actually brings us to our last warband an episode of age of alexander
1: the yeah and i'm super happy we we uh we left the greek cities for last because um to be honest seeing how they play out i'm i'm very happy we didn't give our opinion in the beginning because i would have dunked on them but <laughs> i think they're quite powerful if you play them right yeah i think they're uh... A little bit of a
0: like a steamroller, or can be. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, yeah, be. you made a really good video regarding the of Alexander mercenary options. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think we're not going to double up on that. So if you're interested in hearing Tim's views on uh, the kind of the, the pros and the cons and the, the ranking of the mercenary options, please head to the YouTube channel. It's a really nice video there please click now yeah, click now <laughs> uh there is it's about half an hour so it's like a really nice little painting session you can sit down and uh and uh, do some painting and hear tim's sweet sweet analysis
1: yeah 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 i think yeah i think uh the the video can can help and that, that i'll definitely be interested in your opinion on uh on uh just let us know like what if you agree or disagree there's definitely some people uh, like wholeheartedly agreeing and disagreeing. So I think it's, it's a great, it's great to talk about these things.
0: Right. Cool. Thank you very much for uh, for listening and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye.